1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. In word, and conversation, and charity, spirit, faith, and purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by, the, by prophecy, which uh, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. I want to concentrate really out of verse number 12, and we'll mention the other verses I mentioned earlier, uh, and we'll take note of them, but that of being an example. Paul, the elder Paul, is speaking to the younger Timothy. Uh, It's really not known exactly Timothy's age here, but it's thought that he's a very, very young man. A young man in the ministry and seeking to do and follow the will of the Lord. Being young is is a very exciting time. Would you agree with that? Uh, you young people, uh, I hope you'll agree that being young, you may be looking at it and saying, boy, I can't wait till I get old enough. <clears throat> I, I remember saying those things, and all of a sudden I became old enough, and I wish I wasn't old enough. I wish I could go back um, and relive some of those years. Being a young person is really, really exciting. It's the, some of the most exciting days of your life. Not that when you get older, they're not. But I'm simply saying, there are opportunities as young people that come your way that, that really just come maybe one time. You can get older in life and, and the opportunities that were there as a young person may fade away. They're fleeting. So the encouragement tonight is take full advantage of your younger years. And I think all those older folks would say amen to that. If I hear of anything from those who have lived for the Lord and have some gray hairs or no hairs on the head would say, well, if I could wish I just had to do it all over again. I wish I I could go back and do it all over again. And that's good wisdom there. That's words of wisdom saying, boy, I wish I could live them over again. I wish I could do some things differently. But all in all, living for the Lord was worth it all. It was worth every moment, every step, every bit of the mile. And being young is an an exciting time of life. There's a sense of being young. There's a sense of adventure attached to it. A sense of anticipation uh, that's attached to being young. Some of you young people that are graduating tonight, just graduating from high school. Not tonight, but have graduated from school. You understand that. You know what I'm talking about. That adventure, that anticipation. With youthfulness comes energy. With youthfulness comes energy. Um, energy to do. Uh, and with that energy comes endurance. Uh, to keep on doing. Uh, you folks, you young people have some energy that some of the older crowd would look at and say, Boy, I wish I could do that. I remember when I did that. There's energy there. Uh, as youthfulness begins to leave us. Often, so does the energy as well. And uh, I think that's true. 
One man said to his doctor, this is a man that's in our church, he told me, he said to his doctor, when I was born, I crawled, when I, uh, then I started walking, and then I went to running. As I've gotten older, I went from running back to walking, and now at my age, I'm doing good just to crawl. Uh, I think that was wisdom by Dr. Steve Nutt. And uh, so as he's getting older, things don't work as well as they used to. With youth comes not only energy, with youth comes excitement. There's an excitement. I mentioned that, and the excitement, the excitement of what's next. You can't help but think that. You know, that's part of it. You graduate high school, the excitement of what's next. There may be a little bit of fear involved in that, but there's still an excitement in it. As a young person, you know, I think we tend to be at least invincible in our own minds, uh, then, then there's really, even the fear, the, the excitement overcomes the fear. These people that participate in these X games, I, I, I think there's no fear factor there. It's just craziness. There's, I, I don't understand how you learn to do that kind of thing. How do you learn to flip on a motorcycle in the air? three times and land on all on those tires I don't how do you do, how do you practice such a thing what if you mess up one time it just blows my mind I don't, I don't get it but there's an excitement that's involved the excitement of what's next the excitement of the adventure that's ahead the excitement of opportunities opportunities some of you are looking at opportunities right now well that's exciting Boy, if, if this comes together, if this opportunity, if I take this step here, there's opportunities. I know I've heard you talking about the opportunities. I know uh, Michael Ryder getting ready to take an opportunity and head to Charlotte. I've been praying for them about that, but it's an opportunity. Some Man, exciting. Fearful, yes, but exciting. If you've graduated high school, uh, you're looking at college or the next job, it's a little bit intimidating, but yet exciting as well. Um, the excitement of a completion, you know, there's nothing like saying, well, that's done. I've got that behind me, that, that high school diploma. Maybe we ought to give moms the high school diploma instead of the kids, particularly if they're homeschooled, homeschooled moms. Um, the excitement of the completion, high school, college, the excitement of the first job, the first car. You, you remember your first car? You were excited? Mine was a 1973 Vega. I would go to the gas station and check the gas and fill the oil. Uh, it was one of those machines that when you drove down through the city, through the town city, our city was uh, one red light. We had a Tasty Freeze and a Piggly Wiggly. Uh, that's where the Piggly Wigglies were our... Uh, when we got married, that was where our registry was, by the way. Uh, but when you drove through town, it smoked so bad. It was like, you ever seen one of those machines that they, they used to, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to spray for mosquitoes in your neighborhood? Well, that was my car. Uh, the mosquitoes are all dead when I come by. Uh, first car, it was exciting. First paycheck. The first paycheck that you get. Man, I, I remember the first, I remember the first time that I, I would work out in the country and, and on the farm and would put up hay um, and help in, in that and, and work in the summer putting up hay and, and out in the fields. And, and I remember the first time they paid me, I got a, he gave me a $50 bill. 
It was like for uh, an all week of work, and I don't know how many bales of hay we put up into the barn. But it, I said, man, this is great. I'd never seen it. At least I'd never had. I shouldn't say I'd never seen but I never had a $50 bill. And I remember showing it off to Angie. We were dating at the time. I said, I'm like, look, I'm rich. You know, you, married, you ought to be proud. You got a rich guy here, you know, this, that kind of thing. But the first paycheck, there's, that, there's just a sense of excitement involved in all that. Energy and excitement are certainly part of youth, and this makes it some of the best days of your life. You can add enthusiasm to that. There's something uh, exciting just about being around young people, isn't it? You guys rub off on uh, this older crowd. There's just something exciting being around you, that enthusiasm that we all need. But I want to add another part that Paul says that's to be a part of youthfulness. And we find it in our text that we read, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou thy youth, but be thou an example. That that idea of an example. An example is a as a youth. That's kind of a odd thing. Nobody really thinks about a young person being an example. Paul said, Be thou an example of the believers. So God's saying here to young people, you know, you you can be an example. God's wanting to use you. God will use you. Be that example of the believers. Many might say energy and and excitement of youth leads to trouble. That energy, that enthusiasm, the excitement, the anticipation, all these things leads to trouble. And we hear a lot today about troubled youth. One place that I read after said, any given day, nearly 60,000 youth under the age of 18 are incarcerated in juvenile jail systems all across the United States. Quite a large number. So many would say that, you know, that energy and excitement can lead to trouble. Many have said trouble is the norm for kids, for teenagers rather, that every teen is going to sow his wild oats somewhere along the way that you just you just tolerate it and live through it. Everybody's going to sow their wild oats. It's just something that's natural, something that's expected. Um, and while statistics may suggest such trends, let me add that according to Paul here, the Bible bucks those trends and tells us that the youthful years don't have to be trouble. And they don't have to be just tolerated. The youthful years can be tremendous. Tremendous years. The best years you'll ever have in your life. Tremendous years serving God. Being that example of the believer before other believers. They can be years of joyful days, pleasant days, wonderful days, but examples. What happens often, I believe, is that the energy and the excitement is left undirected. And when that energy and that excitement is left undirected, yes, it can lead to trouble. Proverbs 29 and 15, a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. But when the energy, the enthusiasm, the excitement are set and directed in the right way, in the right fashion, in the right direction. When a young person is guided in the right things, the right way, it makes a difference in the life of that young person. Paul sought to direct young Timothy 
He sought to direct his energy and his enthusiasm in the right way, in the right things. Paul exhorted him to rise up to the task and be the example. To rise up to the task. And I think maybe many times we don't think young people will or can do that. Paul is saying here to young Timothy, rise up to the task. Be that example. He says, be that example, note it, he says, in word. Be that example in word, in your speech. In other words, guard your tongue. Guard your speech. Be careful with the words that we use and the way that we talk. You know, you can spend so often just a little time with anybody and kindly of tell where they're at if, you, if they'll talk very much. Kindly of tell where they're at in their life, spiritually or non-spiritually. Uh, if they, uh, where they're going and what's going on in their hearts. The words deceive so oftentimes, but they oftentimes, oftentimes reveal. So he says, be an example in word. Be an example in conversation. Your way of life. Be an example of honesty, integrity, dependability. Dependability. Dependability is such a huge thing. Uh, I, I think in... If a, if a young person wants to make it in the world today as far as on the, uh, from, the, from a job perspective, well, just be dependable. If you're just dependable and do what you are supposed to do, showing up every day on time, even before time, willing to stay later if need be, if that's required, that'll set you far above the pack. And it'll set you apart from so many that are undependable. Be an example in conversation. Be an example in charity, or we know that to be love. Not for self, but love for others. Be that example of love for others. Be that example in spirit. The word here is really breath, the breathing, the spirit, the pneuma. Uh, I believe this maybe talks about our disposition. Our disposition. Our attitudes. Be the example in attitudes. Be the example in faith, he says. A life that lives according to Bible principles and Bible truth. Be an example in faith. Um, Many think that a young person can or won't do that. No, that's not true. I'm thankful for young people that love God, aren't you? And we need more of that. And I want to commend those that have a heart for the Lord. Live for the Lord. A life that lives according to the Bible principles. I, I can't do that because the Bible says I can't. I shouldn't. I won't watch that because there's Bible truth and Bible principles that says I can't watch that particular kind of film. I can't go to that particular kind of place. Why? Because it's Bible principle that will not allow me to do it. So an example in faith. Bible principles. An example in purity. Not involved in immorality of any kind. Boy, immorality is more prevalent today than ever before. It's on every, seemingly nearly every street corner in every store. It's on every internet site. It's just in your face. And it's seeking to ruin and wreck our young people. And to, to get a hold of this generation 
If it gets a hold of a whole entire generation, then you have an entire generation of churches that have those who are not qualified to lead in the churches, biblically. Now, understand what I said. I didn't say not able to be used in a church. But I'm talking about in specifics. Immorality. God's very specific about some things with regards to the leadership of the church. But God forgives. Praise the Lord for that. God forgives. And I'm so thankful that God has forgiven me. And, and God still is able to use us. But so many, their lives are ruined at a young age. And therefore, they are disqualified or not able to serve in a local church capacity in some form or fashion. Paul says in verse number 13, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. I believe there's an advantage to being well read. I remember, I remember being in college thinking, why in the world are we reading these things? It's just a waste of my time. Well, I look back at it and I understand a little bit more now. It's, there's an advantage to being well read in many subjects. But I think Paul here is saying to Timothy, but major on one subject, this Bible. Major on one subject. Young people, if I can encourage you to do anything in your life, it's okay to be well-read and educated in a whole lot of things and to understand a whole lot of different genres of, of things out there. But, but, be, but major in the Bible. That's why I just keep pushing the Bible Institute. Boy, there's nothing better as a, for, a, for a young person to get a good, solid foundation. This world is hard out there, and it's against the Christians, against the church. But have that... Solid foundation. To be able to give a reason for the hope that's within you. So that you can be discerning. So that you can spot error. It's going to come our way. It's going to come your way. And the devil is going to put people in your lives to seek to trip you up. To pull out from under you everything that you've ever learned. And so many people are falling headlong into that. The subtlety of the devil. He's very crafty. So I just always have always said, and I always believe, boy, get at least one year of Bible training. No matter what you're going to do, if you're going to be a brain surgeon, you need one year of Bible training. If you're going to be a, a housewife, boy, one year of Bible training. And who knows that the best place in the world you can find a maid is in the Bible college. You know, you look at a concentration of, of young people have a heart to serve God, where are you going to find them at? Well, a good place to find one is maybe at a Bible college. I'm not saying you go there to get married. I'm just saying it just happens. It just happens. And praise the Lord that it happens in a right way. He says, neglect not the gift that's in thee. Not just the gift, neglecting of the gift of the talents and the abilities that you've been given, but everything God's given you. Don't neglect what God's given you. May I suggest a learning to be appreciative of the blessings that God has placed in your life. Let me say that if you have a family that loves the Lord, that brings you to church. I'm not talking about a, a family where everything is just perfect. Again, I'm not sure it all just fits just like that. But a family that's seeking to move in the right direction. 
And by the way, young people, let me just add, if you're looking for perfect parents, maybe the place to start would be, would be being a perfect child to your parents. A little hard to do when you look at it that way, amen? So I'm saying give grace one to another, but thankful, Lord, for, for a family that's willing to invest and, and ensure that the Bible gets into you and, and making sure that you're safe, making sure that, that there's a roof over your head, making sure that the bills are taken care of, and all these things. It's just the blessings of God are amazing, and sometimes we overlook them. Don't neglect to use the gifts that God's given you, but don't neglect to be thankful for those gifts as well. Use all that God has given you. Use every opportunity to live for the Lord. Serve the Lord. Be involved in the Lord's work. Be involved in the Lord's work. The Bible has great promises to a young person who will follow Christ by giving and living their lives in His will. Great promises to all of us, but to a young person who would say, you know what, I'm going to live in the will of God. I'm going, to, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. A young person might think, really, maybe I'm a nobody. we got some young, young ones here tonight. And, and as a young person, you might think, man, I, I'm just so small. I'm a nobody. God doesn't see me. I, there's nothing. What can I do? I'm so insignificant. God couldn't use me. He don't even know where I'm at. Well, there's a story that maybe will encourage you. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16 in your Bibles. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Look with me at verses 1 and following. 1 Samuel 16 verses 1 and following. You say, God, can I do anything for the Lord? Could God use me as somebody like me, as small and insignificant, a young person? Look at 1 Samuel 16. The Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have Provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go if Saul hear it? He will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake. And came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming. And said, comest thou peaceably? And he said, peaceably. I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons. And called them to the sacrifice. And, he came, and it came to pass when they were come. He looked on Eleb and said, surely the Lord anointed is before me. The Lord's anointed is before me. This is the one. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And Jesse called Abinadab, and, said, and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shema his 
uh, to pass by. And he said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are there, are here all thy children? And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest. Behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him. For we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now when he was ruddy, now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and godly to look to. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Here God, the ones that would seem to be prominent, the ones that would seem to be, this has to be the one. God says, no, 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 seven times. But there's a, a, a youngest one. Where's he at? He's in the fields. He's, he's the shepherd boy. Uh, surely not him. God says, bring him in. Samuel says, bring him in. This is the one God says. Don't ever think, young person, that God doesn't see you and know where you are. God sees full well where you are. And he will use you. And he longs to use you. God found his man. And listen, God will find you. God will find you as well. God is looking for young people who have not yielded to the call of the world. And those that have yielded, God will still use you if you'll turn and give your life to Him, serve Him, serve your life, give your life to the Lord. In Paul's letter to Titus, Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, look at it with me please, Titus 2, verses 1 through 8. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. I'll let you get there a moment. Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That the aged man be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behaviors becometh holiness. Not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober. To love their husbands. To love their children. To be discreet. Chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded. He's talking to the younger, to the youth here. He says, exhort, teach, train. Young men, likewise, to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine, Showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Paul says, teach them, uh, train them, help direct that energy, that, that excitement in the right way. Teach them the things of God. Young person, let me say, don't be a statistic. Don't become a statistic on a page telling how an entire generation has been lost. Please don't be a statistic in that regard. But be a young person who will sell out for God 
Claim the promises of God and live for Him. Can I beg you to do that tonight? Expend your energies and your enthusiasm in the Lord's work. In the local church, just serving God. There is no more excitement than serving God. There's more excitement in living and doing what God's called you to do than you can ever imagine. Some of you ought to say amen to that because you know it's to be true. More excitement in living for the Lord than you could have ever imagined. A young person will often say, I just want to be my own person. Let me live life my way. Just let me be my own person. And you know, I think it's interesting when a young person, a young individual may make that statement. Because when they say, I I, I just want to be my own person. You know what they're often saying? I want to be like everybody else. Go figure. I just want to be like everybody else. There's an example as well of this way of thinking. Look with me at Luke chapter 15 in your Bibles. Luke chapter number 15. An example of an individual that says, you know what, I think I'll just do it my way for a while. Luke 15 verse number 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father... Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And we had spent all. There arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to the citizens of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would vain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. When he came to himself. Well, what a phrase. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father... I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. That would be good enough. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. And the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Notice the phrase... Wasted. Boy, how easily and how quickly you can just waste a life. This young man says, you know what? I just like to do it my way. I want to be my own person. And so in being his own person, he went and did just what everybody else was doing. And then he came to himself. What a picture this is, the grace of God. Father, imagine he every day he went out into the the roadways and he looked off into the distance to see if there was a dust cloud off there 
And one day he saw a dust cloud coming and he said, just maybe, just maybe. As he got close enough, daddy went to where he had, daddy made his own dust cloud to get to the sun. And he hugged him and kissed him and took him back in. What a picture of the grace of God. God does that for every single one of us. Youthfulness is a blessing from God, but it goes by so quickly. Does it not? It goes by so quickly. It's a blessing from God. It's a time to love God. It's a time to serve God. It's a time to seek His face. It's a time to do the work and the will of God. It's a time to dream big for God. Young person, I want to encourage you to do that. Dream big for God. I'm always impressed when I hear of a missionary that comes through and and he makes some sort of a statement that says, we're going to go there to win the entire nation for the Lord. Well, that's a tall order. But what's wrong with dreaming big to do something big for the Lord? We serve a big God, do we not? Why can't we dream big dreams for a big God? Why can't you dream that God can use you in a big way? In a way to reach somebody else and make a difference in your generation for your life. Dare to dream big for God. As your pastor, I want to challenge you to live for God with everything that you have. Please, live for God. I challenge you. Live for God with every fiber of your being, every ounce of strength and energy that you have. I want to challenge you to spend less time maybe mastering the latest video game and spend more time getting to know the master, Jesus Christ. It'll pay off. It'll pay off. A young man who had dropped out of school when he was 13 years of age, he was in a revival meeting. And he heard a preacher say, pastor's name, the preacher's a revivalist, his name was Henry Varley. In a revival meeting, this young man heard this revivalist say this. The world is yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. That young man determined When he heard that statement, he couldn't get away from it. And he heard, he determined in his heart and he determined in his mind, by the grace of God, I'll be that man. D.L. Moody turned the world upside down. Preaching the gospel. Living for God. Not very well educated. But certainly a godly man. And God used him. God used him to turn his world upside down, turn his generation, and really, really reach an entire generation for the glory of God. You know, God can do that for you, young person. God can do that with you. God can do that, not just a young person, but God's willing and able to do that in any of our lives. If we'll make that determination. By the grace of God, I'll be that man. It'll be sold out 100% to the Lord. Would you make that commitment tonight? Young person, would you make that commitment? If the world doesn't go with me, I'm still going. 
it may cause me to have to sever some friends along the way, but I'm still going. Be assured you'll never give up anything that God won't give you better. God won't give you better and reward you in a greater way. Will there be hardships along the way? Yeah, there may be. Serving the Lord is not easy in a world that's against the Lord. But I tell you, the rewards are far worth it. Serve God. Give Him your life. Let's bow in prayer.